When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Got our take cannons loaded and ready. Ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short the routes. Boys are back. Baby. Excellent separation against man coverage. This is reception. Reception. The show. Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Go, Matt Harmon here with you. You listen to Reception Perception of the Show. Matt, okay, on this beautiful Wednesday evening, we got a great show lined up in front of us here today, but how are you feeling, my dude? Doing great, man. Uh, you know, I don't have the, um, I don't feel like beaten down by the season at all yet. Uh, in fact, like, I, I can't believe that really there's only four like big time you know Sundays left week 14 15 16 17 uh and obviously then there's week 18 but there's no like fantasy you know no. crazy fantasy stuff yet so yeah um I was actually surprised thinking about it like wow we're we're kind of close to the end here <laughs> and um you know I, I've, I don't know I've enjoyed this season what's crazy about that is that this is you have got to be the busiest you've ever been this season compared to other seasons probably but i i'm enjoying everything that i'm doing like i'm enjoying this show a lot obviously i'm enjoying um the the sicko stream that we do on thursday with our highest tier subscribers i'm enjoying Mm -hmm. like all the yahoo stuff i'm doing hosting that podcast you know the eckler show all this stuff so i don't feel like anything is like a oh god (laughs) this this week like i mean there's always some things but that's a big part of it my theory on that, Matt, is that for the very first time in your very young life, they are basically saying, here, go ahead, do whatever you want. And even though you are the busiest you've ever been, you are basically doing whatever you want. <laughs> I mean, I hope nobody I'm, 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 uh, that I work with, uh, Yahoo, is, is here is hearing you say that. But yeah, it does kind of feel that way. <laughs> 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 it does kind of, and then and then the fact that I have like an extra outlet of creative freedom where I'm doing this, like it's yeah. just, it's honestly, it's just really good that I don't have a real job. I mean, what a beautiful, what a beautiful thing, you know? That's that's nah, awesome. It's great. No, nah, no, nah, it's great, man. And you know what? You're killing it, dude. Honestly, um, you know, I, I love the fact that you're such a humble superstar too. You know, it's like you are slowly emerging as like the face of Yahoo Sports, and here you are. You're like, oh, I hope my bosses don't hear me. It's like, golly. I mean, I don't know that. That's a, that's a lot. It. That's a lot. That's a lot for you to I say. Love but it. Uh, I, I, I appreciate it. it. And 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 what all that matters to me, man, is I am I am having a lot of fun, and I just think this this football season has been, um a really interesting one. And, and, you know, there's so many fun emerging players, a lot that we'll talk about on the, on the show today. Yeah, no doubt about it. You know, the big topic that, uh, that we wanted to tackle today, um, superstar wide receivers, like how do you define a superstar? And really, I think the meat and potatoes of today's show is who's ready to make that leap. Who's ready to jump into that discussion topic, uh, that discussion point of who is a superstar wide receiver. Um, and I guess we have to start Matt, um, with, okay, well, how do you define who is a superstar and who are your superstars in the NFL right now? Yeah. So, um, the birth of this idea actually came from a couple of the guys that I think are ready to be that, I, that you know, that we'll talk about here in a second that I think are ready to be included in what I called today on Twitter. Um, the, the superstar or the wide receiver superstar penthouse, which is a yeah. term I literally made up this morning. <laughs> like I basically texted you right. on Monday wanting to do yes. an idea of like, how, let's, let's get like a superstar club of wide receivers. Uh, but I remember that our, our buddies over on the ATN podcast do. Uh, and I think Dan Hansa specifically does like the superstar club. And when you take somebody out, you got to, when you put, put somebody in, you got to take somebody out. I didn't want to infringe on any, um, yeah. Yeah. any bit intellectual property. So uh, I, this is my, my pen. It's actually emerging of a thing that my buddy Joe Holka used to say about like the reception perception penthouse, like the guys that are sort of like pet favorites. This is not that. 
This is not that because, like, you know, guys like John Brown and, you know, uh, stuff like that would be in the RP penthouse. This is a different thing. So this is not like the reception perception penthouse. This is just like who are superstar wide receivers living in this little select club here. So I have seven guys that I think are current superstar wow. wide receivers in the NFL. That's would a big like list, by to- the way. Yes. Please, well, I, please and this, this is the well, this is the thing, though, before before divulging the names. I, you know, I went back and forth with a lot of the the folks in Discord today. You know, just kind of crowdsourcing, like, who do you think are the superstars? You know, who do you um, who do you think uh, are, are guys ready to make that leap, right? And you know, obviously, it's like, who is a superstar wide receiver? I guess that's obviously a. I mean, it's a tough question. Like, does there? Yeah. Somebody asked me, like, yeah, what's yeah, the yeah, limit? Yeah. What's the cutoff? Like, I don't think there has to be a cutoff. I don't no, think there. No it has to be. Right. I don't think it has to be a top five. I don't think it has to be a top 10, a top 12, anything Mm -hmm. like that. We can keep we can expand. We can build rooms onto the penthouse. Right. So uh, (laughs) there's room for everybody as long as you're good enough. I think right now, inarguably, these seven wide receivers are are good enough and have to be included in this list. Um, And I I think I would have said that about I would have said that about all these dudes coming into the year. Those seven players are Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs. Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson. By the way, I th- I think that might be in order, like two, but okay. that's another another talking point. And then number five, I've got Jamar Chase, AJ Brown, and Cooper Cup. Uh, so those are my seven right now that I think are superstar wide receivers in the NFL. Okay, so let me let me give you a little pushback on that because cool. I think the first four guys that you mentioned absolutely hundred percent no doubters: Devontae, Jay Jetta, um, Tyreek, and Diggs. Okay, like those guys, dude, hundred percent yes. Yeah. I would contend that I think AJ Brown and Jamar Chase and Cooper Cup um, are just just a step below. Yeah, just I think just that's a touch. Um, and if and if you can create that delineation, those guys who are just a touch below, you can't say they're superstars. Now, I mm. would also I could also see the counter argument. You know what? Can I ask you about? Is Cooper Cup a superstar? I think it's, a, I mean, look, it's really hard to say he's not based on what he did last year. And obviously, even in reception perception, he has the second mm-hmm. best success rate versus zone coverage of all time, right? Like, that's some yeah. that's some crazy numbers. And he faced zone coverage at a really high rate. So he's open on like 91% of his reps against zone coverage. That means he's almost always open, period. Uh, and obviously, he's got great strength. He's got the best, I think he's got the best hands in the NFL. He's an explosive player. He's explosive after the catch. My one thing about, about Cooper cup. And, you know, again, it seems stupid to say this based on what he did last year, but this is what we do here at reception perception is try to dig deeper than just like the counting stats and whatever. Yeah. Like, I think if you put Devonte Adams, Stefan Diggs, Tyree kill Justin Jefferson, and I think even like AJ Brown and Jamar chase in Cooper cups role, I think they'd go with the right in the right ecosystem, whatever. I think they would go absolutely nuclear, but I don't think you could take Cooper cup and put him in AJ Brown's role or yeah, exactly. You know, my God, any of these other dudes, and he, you would get the same results because that's exactly he, right. Like, right? Because well, number one, we just never, we've never seen him play in any role other than that. And like, I don't know. That's, I think that's an interesting question. But he's so good at his particular assignment, though, that I think it's, it's, it's worth including him at least for me. I think this is the, I think these are all the same tier of guys. I, but that's kind of why I had him seventh on the list because I think like, okay. Again, all these other guys could crush it in his role. Could he crush it in theirs? I'm not as convinced. I would also contend, too, that, like, I know you and I, we live in fantasy. And fantasy football takes such a a big part um, of these discussions, too. But, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. Like, when I think about superstars, I think about guys that are absolute studs down the field. Um, mm-hmm. And I do think that is a big component into what makes guys stars, right? Like, and I'm talking like, when you talk about superstars, we're not talking about fantasy superstars. We're talking about real life superstars. Like you go out in the streets and you ask somebody on the streets, like, yo, do you know this dude? And can you remember some signature plays? Almost everyone's signature plays that people can remember almost always consist of downfield throws. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So like is God, that's why I struggle with Cooper cup. You know, he is what I would call a power slot guy. 
you know, mm-hmm. somebody yeah. that is really good uh, and he's not your typical slot receiver. Yeah, he can go downfield a little bit, but he's not even like a stretch slot guy. He's a I call him a power slot guy, you yeah. know, like somebody that can body up a little bit and, and win contested catches um, and do those things. But I, I just oh, God, I know I'm going to get some flack for this, but I just would not consider him a superstar. But you know, what's so funny, James, like if we had had this this exact podcast and this exact conversation last two, year. let's say two, not last year, two calendar years ago. <laughs> okay. We, nobody would have even thought to right. like, Oh, you guys right. didn't include Cooper cup, you know? Right. right. Like, because right, right, right. He has this obviously nuclear, unbelievable season with Matthew Stafford when all things sort of came together. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, but it, before that he was like a very solid, very, very good slot receiver, very good receiver overall. But I don't think that anybody, you know, now it's like you're a dumbass if you don't have Cooper Cup as like your, <laughs> one of your your top three receivers. But yeah, yeah, you know, everybody yeah. puts out these top ten lists in the offseason, like top ten receivers in Madden ratings, top ten receivers based on this poll of executives or whatever. And and again, coming into tw- the twenty twenty one season, nobody would have like nobody would have laughed no. out of the room if you would put Cooper no. Cup there. But right. I think a lot of that is perception, and and I do think though. This is sort of, and we're going to talk about this with another guy uh, later in the potential nominees list. I know that because I do think this is a little bit of just like a philosophical difference uh, between you and I, and that I think these like big time slot receivers are the new wave of, of like the next number one receivers. And I think we'll only continue to see that, but I know that you value more like traditional number one X receivers, which I love too, right? Like all these dudes, yeah. like Devonte and everything like that. For sure. But to you, and one thing that I think is a point to your your credit is that like when you're talking about all these guys, Adams, Diggs, Hill, of course, you know, Jamar chase and AJ Brown and Justin Jefferson. I think these guys like really dictate coverages. Like they, they really dictate what defenses do. And this is like how, you know, people, I mean, I I don't want to be mean, but like, it's sort of like a, do you know, ball test? Because when people are like watching Rams games, especially Rams games this year, and you're like, why is nobody doubling Cooper Cup? Well, it's like because it's really hard to double a slot receiver. It's really yeah. hard to dictate, like especially on a down in, down out basis, and a guy that moves around pre snap. It's really hard to to dedicate extra resources to that. And it's like okay, well, d- no defenses as much as um, a great example is like the the Forty Nine ers game the Rams played this year when I think Cooper Cup caught like fifteen or fourteen passes or something like that. And it's like why aren't they doing anything to take away Cooper Cup? It's like because they're kind of okay sort of living with some of those Cooper cup plays when they're not giving up anything on the outside. And of course you don't have to worry about giving up anything on the outside to the Rams this year. Cause they can't pass like, long <laughs> enough to get those balls out. But right. just, yeah. so I think like, again, it's, it's just a, now we're just sort of like a, like a Cooper cup question, but I, I think that's, it's worth asking like um, if he could survive in another role, but we'll never know. And we never have to, cause they have yeah. a great role for him. Okay. So that's your group of like top, top dudes, which I think is fair. But like I said, I would contend that the the last three guys that you that the last three guys that you mentioned, AJ Brown, Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup, are just just a little bit outside. Fair. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. It's Reception Perception, the show now. James Cole and Matt Harmon. Okay, so now who are some guys that you think, all right, they're right on the cusp of that door, maybe potentially in 2023, cracking that door down and saying, nah, man, like, here, let me in the club. Yeah, these are the guys that I think are ready to make up the back half of the top 10 list. And let's just go one by one here, and we can, you okay. can decide whether you like it or not. 
I have five and a, I'll say five and a half names uh, for okay. this one. So the first one here, and this is the guy that inspired uh, why I wanted to do this, because I think it's time we start to consider Amon Ross St. Brown in this group of guys, uh, the guys that are um, superstars. I think he's ready to enter that group for a couple of different reasons, James. One, I don't try to sit there and scroll on Twitter all day long, you know, uh, try to get work done and have a life. But how much of this like Jared Goff debate like debate that's been going on on football twitter have you have you uh have you have you tuned into this week your boy not, jared goff by the way i know my boy jared yeah no 100 percent. no not much at all you know it's like i think i think the take cannons have absolutely been unloaded on jared yeah. goff throughout his career so i'm good Wait, yeah no right exactly well basically uh my contribution to it was like hey uh i'm on ross st brown is really really good and that's why we're having this conversation about jared goff who ranks ninth in adjusted yards per attempt among quarterbacks uh since week eight of course week eight is when Brown St. Brown got back out there fully healthy. Um, yeah, it's just like the Jared Goff thing, just real quick. People, it's like I almost think that the fact that the Rams publicly dumped the shit out of Jared Goff so hard, <laughs> yeah, like so they bad. they so bad, yeah. like they were so desperate to get rid of him. You know, this goofball John Wolford that they're starting right now, like Sean McVay wanted to start that guy in a playoff game over Jared Goff, like. For whatever reason, they they soured on Goff so hard, so fast, and then dumped him so, you know, unceremoniously. I think it almost made people count Goff's flaws against him twice. It's like Goff is an average starting NFL quarterback. Like the fact that he looks good in this ecosystem is not surprising. People act like it's a big surprise, but the Lions have a lot of things going for him. Got a good offensive line. I think Ben Johnson, by the way, a hell of a play caller they got there. If you're a Lions fan, you got to start to feel like. Oh no! Is somebody gonna come poach Ben Johnson, our offensive coordinator, and then uh, what? Are, what are we doing next year? And the biggest point, though, is like I think they have a legit superstar in Amon Ross St. Brown as a as a as a as a number one slot type of receiver who, you know, I've been calling him Bud like Cooper Cup on reception yeah. perception since before he even got drafted by the Lions. That's right. And now I think he's just like he just kind of is Cooper Cup basically when I'm watching him play right now. Yeah, really strong at the catch point. You talk about the strong hands, great route runner, obviously. I mean, and the things I'm saying, you could say the exact same things about Cooper Cup. So, no, you're right. I think at this point now, um, with their development, uh, with where they're at, I think yeah, you could absolutely say Amon Ross St. Brown and Cooper Cup are similar players. Um, 76 receptions for Amon Ross St. Brown. That's eighth most in the NFL. 830 yards, six touchdowns. You know, I talk about the downfield stuff with Amon Ra, and he's another player that I'm really kind of like, can this guy ever really be considered a quote-unquote superstar? Uh, he averages 10.9 yards per reception, and it's almost just kind of like you have to separate production from like wow factor. And when you totally, say yeah. superstar, I think wow factor. Does he have wow factor? Um, maybe, maybe. I'm not saying he doesn't. But it's at least a question at this point. But if you were to ask like quarterbacks and play callers, like, you know, what's like a big wow to those guys is how awesome he is on like third down, you know, and, and I'm telling you, like, you know, I just started a few, a few games of him uh, for reception perception. I'll put him up in the in-season tracker um, in the next couple of days on the website. Um, just the results of those. You know, he was a guy that obviously I was really high on this year because of his ability to beat zone coverage and the way they used him off the line of scrimmage and, and just right. how well that really lines up. Like when we see a slot receiver that's over 80 percent against zone coverage, like that's a green light for us here. Yep. Um, guys starting to beat man coverage a little bit, too. Like guys starting to guys starting to be able to get it against man coverage on when he lines up outside. You know, he's starting to get it a little bit against press coverage as well. We're seeing that stuff from him this year to the point that, you know, if we're talking about a guy who's, um, you know, upper 80s, mid 80s in terms of success rate versus zone, and then he's also sort of around that, again, Cooper Cup landmark where he's a maybe a 67 to, to 71% success rate versus man. And I might I might be being conservative about, by that, like by the end, I'm talking about the end of year numbers, not the in-season numbers. That's a guy that I think like, oh, that's a superstar player because then we're starting to get up to like really, really good players in the NFL, man. I think he... He's just he's very Cooper Cup cupish, but he also might be a little maybe more like Keenan Allen ish too. Uh, who you know, Ooh, I Allen, like that. Um, I don't have Keenan Allen in my superstar club because he's been nah. so banged up. Um, but 
you know, and, and by the way, DeAndre Hopkins, and, yeah. yeah, him and DeAndre Hopkins were the two like veteran guys, like the lifetime achievement guys I thought about. And <laughs> maybe, I mean, I might be disrespectful to not, <laughs> I might be disrespectful to not have a, not have a, um, a guy like uh, DeAndre Hopkins in here, but that's, just, I guess, a separate conversation. You know, what's crazy. Okay. So when you, when you asked me to put this together, I actually had nuke in my superstar tier. So my tier had five guys in it. The the four guys that you mentioned, Devante, um, Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, Stefan Diggs, and it had Nuke. And I think Nuke might be the one that's a little bit controversial um, because, again, I think we've become so desensitized to his greatness that I know, we don't yeah, truly appreciate right. what he's doing in Arizona. And and also, by the way, then I'm thinking about like this, this what I talked about with Cooper Cup, and now I'm off track on the St. Brown thing. But I talk about what I said with Cooper Cup, like – I'll tell you what, New Hopkins, the guy that's been a great zone beater for a long time, a great man coverage beater as well, and and like a power guy, contest catcher, he would d- demolish things in. in oh my remember in his first, God. remember in his first game back when they played him as like a forty yes. percent slot guy, and he crushed it. Like, so you know what? I take it back. I'm retroactively putting <laughs> New Hopkins back yeah, into the superstar club. Let's yeah, go. So now I have freaking eight dudes. But anyways. <laughs> New Hopkins in there the superstar go. club there. There's okay. eight dudes there, but back on okay. just, I'm on Ross St. Brown, man. Yeah. The fact that he's like, he's so smart too. He's always uh, finding those holes against zone coverage. And you know, when you talk about making big plays, certainly he's not going to, I don't think he's ever going to be a guy that's going to go out and win at the X and, you know, um, win on go routes and a sideline fade ball, stuff like that. But you can make chunk plays in today's NFL, especially running like a really good dig route against um against zone coverage and be and being decisive and smart to pick up the yards after the catch i mean i don't have Debo samuel in my uh superstar club another conversation perhaps and i don't have him as a potential nominee as well yeah um, but, but look at the look at the yards per catch numbers like the downfield stuff that Debo was doing last year and again he's not the guy that we traditionally think about as a you know a downfield receiver yeah, that's a very good point too, man. And if uh, if I'm on Raw can kind of do that after the catch, you know, I tell you what, man, it's kind of like you know who else I have on this like knocking on the door list for me is Jalen Waddle. And again, a lot yeah, of that has to do with a lot of that has to do with after catchability. I know yards per reception is like such a weird, you know, it's a it's a very like uh, who cares about that number? But at the same time, it's just kind of like well, I look at that because it's like chunk plays. Right. Like, are these guys Mm -hmm. making chunk plays or and like, how are they doing that? Traditionally, you want your quote unquote superstar wide receiver to make plays down the field at the catch point, you know, 20 yards downfield. Right. Jalen Waddle and Amon Ra to a degree are doing it a little bit differently, but especially Jalen Waddle. Right. Like short catches end up being long catches. And I think that is where he can actually make some hay. Like much, much like Debo Samuel, man. Like, you know, can yeah. you do some special things with the football in your hands? And that's what Jalen Waddle is doing. Yeah, I have uh, Jalen Waddle as a potential nominee as well. Another guy that I was uh, taking a look at today in um, in preparation for this. And I mean, it almost made me mad thinking back to the role that the Dolphins had him in last year. And, um, you know. I think that maybe Brian Flores got a raw deal for a lot of different reasons, but the yeah. fact that he had three goofballs like calling offensive court, like calling plays last year, and every <laughs> one of them had like the, their prized possession, Jalen Waddle. And by the way, I don't think Jalen Waddle was 100% all last year, but remember they had him in that like tiny average depth of target role. Oh, like, oh, everything but- was a wide receiver screen, everything. Everything was a bubble screen, a drag yep. route, a slant route. It almost made me mad retroactively watching Mike McDaniel and the amount of space that Jalen Waddle creates, again, running dig routes <laughs> right. against zone yep. coverage. Because like yep. then these – it's one thing to say, okay, I'm going to get Jalen Waddle into space and he's going to make – I'm going to get him the ball right in his hands real fast, you know, six – and this six-yard depth of target, maybe it can become a 10-yarder. Well, in Mike McDaniel's offense this year – that same speed, that same ability that you want in the open field and as a route runner, an explosive guy, God, he just, he's just out there slaughtering zone coverage. Yeah. Like now these 12 yard passes maybe are becoming 17 yard passes. So those chunk gains just because of the way he's used is just, it's, it's incredible. Like I think, I think Waddle's an awesome player. I mean, like Debo, it's like you talk about like a seven yard reception can be a 70 yard reception. Like that's how good (laughs) he is after the catch. I mean, and he's put and I'm not exaggerating some like that's what he's put on tape. 
is that sometimes you talk about this guy running a dig or, or, or just a, a deep slant route, like, or like a simple over route. It's like, forget it. Like, dude, the guy catches the ball and he's gone. <laughs> like his speed is unbelievable after the catch, man. Yeah, totally. And, and Waddle, I mean, it's just, it's crazy stuff. And you know, he's, he's averaging, it feels, it feels like he should be averaging, um, like more yards after the catch, but because he's averaging 12, uh, 0.2 air yards per target, which is actually right. higher than Tyree kill. Yeah, he's and the fact then, but then the fact that he's get, still getting 5.7 yak per reception, that's crazy that again, he's getting those downfield looks and adding more onto it. And he's yeah. a unique player. Now he's, I almost kind of think he's similar to these guys that we're talking about where, I'm not 100% sure that he's there from like a physicality standpoint. I'd like right. him to be a better contested catch player. I'd like him to be a better um, press coverage beater. Like I almost kind of think, remember it's crazy. Like he was um, number one in success rate versus man coverage in the, among the prospects charted for his draft class. Uh, but he was not, he was like kind of subpar against press. I still think some of that stuff is, is apparent for him. And the only reason that I might say he's, not my favorite nominee in terms of the guys I'm, I'm considering putting in the superstar club, but like, you can't argue with how overwhelming his, like his strengths are because what he's right. good at, it's like none of, I mean, you ain't having, um, even like an Amon Ross St. Brown type, but you're not having him do Jalen Waddle things. You're not having uh you know, even some of these other guys, like he's just a very, very unique player. And almost like he, had, like I talk about trump cards with wide receivers all the time, like his speed, not from like a downfield go route perspective, even although he can obviously do that, but the speed to run those like intermediate over the middle routes and add on to it is, it really is like a trump card, I think. Uh, yeah. So Jalen Waddle um, charting from last year, 70.1 success rate uh, versus man coverage. That's, you know, again, that's kind of sort of average. And then, you know, success rate versus zone 77.9, but I would be surprised if you did your charting today and we didn't see those numbers move way up. Oh yeah. I'm going to again, he's another one that I'll have some in season tracking data on receptionperception.com in the, in the, in the tracker on the site. Uh, so obviously make sure to go check that out. Like b both those he'll clear those numbers. Uh, and then I think even just more and more the, the full season look like you'll, you'll see it. The one question I have from him is like a press coverage standpoint, which by the way, I know he was also injured a lot um, la in the last game against the 49ers, but what D'Amico Ryan's the 49ers did against the Miami Dolphins, which you don't, you didn't see anybody do this, right? Cause like Tua was one of the highest in terms of drop back versus zone coverage uh, quarterbacks in the NFL this year. The 49ers like, nah, we're, we're not going to sit back here and like be scared. We're going to come up and, and we're going to jam these guys, you know, Tyreek, yeah. we're going to jam Tyreek. We're going to jam Jalen Waddle. And they had a lot of success doing it. Like you're going to, obviously you're going to give up a play. Like they gave up to Tyreek, like where you're going to mm -hmm. get, roasted because we're talking about two guys that one is a superstar and one is knocking on the door to be a superstar. Like you're going to get yeah. some embarrassing reps out there, but you will do enough to disrupt the timing and disrupt the play and disrupt Tua. Um, so, and I think some of that, like if Jalen Waddle could continue to get better and then become like an elite covered elite or near elite press coverage beater, then he's definitely, you know, up there with like a Justin Jefferson uh, right now, I think. I mean, considering that game, too, you, you got to keep in mind that Miami was down both starting tackles, right? And San Francisco's yeah. got one of the best defenses in the NFL. Their D-line was just teeing off. And because they were down two tackles, I mean, yeah, you could jam them at the line. Why not? You know, because how, exactly. how much time is that offensive line with two backup tackles going to give you? Obviously, not very much. So, um, you know, it was a little bit of a... And that's been a big talking point on football Twitter too. Like, oh, did Tua get exposed? And like, listen, you're not going to find a bigger like, you know, Tua skeptic than me. But I mean, it's like, <laughs> I, I, even I wouldn't be like, oh, he got exposed. I just think it was, no. they're down two tackles and San Francisco's really good defensively. Um, I'm not saying Tua's the worst quarter, starting quarterback in the NFL. I'm just saying he's an average dude. And any yeah. average quarterback with two tackles down facing the freaking Niners um, totally. <laughs> is not going to look great. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, and by the way, I think he ended up still almost having 300 yards of two touchdowns. So, I mean, it's not like he was, yeah, he it's was just awful. The mistakes. You know? Yeah, it's just yeah. the mistakes because he still wants to get rid of the ball so fast, like 2.4 time to throw uh, against the right. 49ers. And um, it's just, it was a reminder of, of the weaknesses that are still in his game. And, and yeah. Uh, you know, the, that you can, you can rattle him, right? Like, and it's, it's one thing to disrupt the, the, the receiver timing, but you can really disrupt the quarterback timing there. And again, though, to your point, 
it's not really you can't really say like oh this was the this is how you beat Tua because not everybody's gonna like okay yeah you could do it if you bring the 49ers defense to the table but they're the best defense <laughs> in the NFL you're, you're not you're not doing that right exactly right all right uh other wide receivers that you think are knocking on the door we've got Amon Ross St. Brown we've got Jalen Waddle who else we got yeah this one is I think the biggest layup and like if you're disagreeing with this you're uh, not just talking to you, James, and mostly talking to the to the to the haters and losers out there. If you disagree uh, that Ceedee Lamb is uh, knocking at the very least knocking on the superstar list, and I think he yeah. should be on the superstar list, like I think you're you're crazy. This guy is so good. Uh, by the way, James, I talked yes. to Ceedee Lamb yesterday, uh, and and do you know all this talk you and I have had about which position should he play? You know what he told me his favorite position to play is is the slot is receiver. That? He's like, I, oh, I want to play slot. Yeah, so, there you go. Um, He's been a 50-50 he, slot guy this year. Yeah, and he and he said he likes that position the best. And I thought this was really interesting. He said because I think you can you can see what the quarterback sees best. Like you can you can understand the coverage more, um, and you can also a lot of what. I think I, you know, I've always been a big, big CD Lamb fan, and I have said that the Cowboys, and this is part of why I asked him the question, was like because I think it's a credit to him that he has played like three different positions. Basically, like he's played X, yeah. he's played flanker, he's played slot, he's played all these things. And I was curious which one he likes the best, and um, I, I think that's a testament though to how good of a player he is. Although at the same time, what I've always said is that. I think the Cowboys need to settle on a position for him and Agreed. leave him there. Th the one that they've got him in now, though, is fun. Uh, like what he did on <laughs> on like Sunday night. And I know Chris Consworth did a good job breaking this down, but like the way he was used as a pre-snap motion guy to dictate coverages to you know open things up for guys like Michael Gallup with two touchdowns. You know, open things up for the running game, stuff like that. That's really fun. Plus, you get to see him in space. Talk about tackle breaker. See, that's the thing. Like, CeeDee Lamb was an unbelievable yak receiver at Oklahoma, and I think we're now finally getting the, the what we've wanted out of that because, like, he, that's what you need to be a great yak receiver. What we talk about with Jalen Waddle, Amon Ross St. Brown, is you need to be put in a position to do that. I think this role that he's in right now is finally putting him in a good position to do that. And as a matter of fact, so 76.8% success rate versus man, top seven, and then 81.9% success rate versus zone coverage, um, he was, I think he's only one of four players that you tracked last year that was above 75% success rate versus man and above 80, um, 81% success rate versus zone. So he is a, uh, I mean, a, a very special player. Yeah. I came out, uh, with a hard flag plan on him as like ready to join this club like coming into this year like you know i yeah i said he could lead the nfl in targets he's fifth in the nfl in targets right now he's right. top 10 at wide receivers and yards like he's he's been everything he's cracked up to be and by the way he played the backup quarterback for a long stretch of this and I Dak, i don't think has been fully healthy i think he's now i think he's getting there at this point but yep um yeah i i, I just think like the one thing i think his size and and maybe like the lack of like a the bully ball nature in his game. I think that probably shows up is maybe at the contested, like in the, in, at the catch point, some of the contested catch stuff, I, you know, you could be a little more physical there, but um, I don't think it ever shows up against press because he's so just, he's at such an underrated route runner, underrated technician. Like he never gets brought up among guys. Like people bring up like Amari Cooper as a better route runner the last few years in Dallas. Like give me a break. Like I think CeeDee <laughs> Lamb's a much, much better, um, yeah. technician a much better um, separator all, all the way around like he doesn't get brought up with guys like you know Diggs or Adams or even like a Justin Jefferson type but he's really he's right up there in terms of his ability to get open as a, as a technician It's Reception Perception, the show now. James Cole and Matt Harmon. Okay, so here, I'll throw one out for you. Okay, C.D. Lamb, D.K. Metcalf. Who's closer to entering that superstar club? Yeah, I, I think C.D. Lamb is. I think C.D. Lamb should be, um, you know, if we're talking about, like, Adams to Nuke was top eight. Like, I think Lamb, shoot, I, I don't know, I might... I might think that C.E. Lamb is better than New Hopkins right now. Like I, you know, I think he's a around wide receiver eight to eight to ten. I think he, I think he belongs there. I have DK. This is I said I had um, five and a half. I have yeah. DK Metcalf on here, but like, can you? What's what is the argument, James, for including DK Metcalf if you're also not going to include Tyler Lockett in the superstar <laughs> club? Because I mean, right, Lockett, Lockett is. 
like you know everybody is uh put you know they've seen the stats going around about oh you know Lockett is has this many more yards on this fewer targets and like what's up with that and it's like there's a very very easy explanation for why that is the easy explanation is that Tyre Lockett is at the very least as good of a wide receiver as DK Metcalf is period and that's been true the last three years like he's we know Lockett's an unbelievable separator. We know he's unbelievable um, at all things except um, the, the best thing he's at. It, it, the best, the thing he's the best at is uh, making business decisions after the catch. Um, I'm kidding, <laughs> but like he's not a he's not a great yak receiver. Well, but no, because he like, knows. I mean, I yeah. mean, come on, availability is is an ability here. You know, uh, and he yeah. wants to be available. Yeah. yeah, you ain't you ain't wrong about that. You're in your 30s. You're that size. Like, yeah, you go yeah. make some make some decisions here and there. But yeah, no, I mean, I, uh, but I'm with you though that I think that Lockett and Metcalf are are both right there um i think there's still a tick below superstar club but they're kind of i think the next of the top group uh dk metcalf too i I just think has more i think he's got more upside um and it's because of age obviously yeah well you're you're also a size speed snob (laughs) of course i am absolutely (laughs) so not only so so size and speed you got the age and then again just growth in terms of like can he develop some more route running and if he can do that which by the way yeah um we've seen that over the course of his career as well i think he was super raw um, obviously coming out of school. And I think he's really, really worked on that part of his craft uh, to the point where he is a, a significantly better. Hey, man, I want to go back to the whole Lockett thing. Can players like Tyler Lockett, can they be in the public's eye, not in your eyes, in the public's <laughs> eyes, can they ever be considered superstars? I'm using air quotes here. Uh, because what Tyler Lockett does, in my opinion, is he is extremely technical and so mm-hmm. good from a technical standpoint, but those little nuances get lost to just the general public. And I do think the one thing that he is very special at, um, and maybe the best, one of the best of all time is deep ball tracking. And yeah. I think what he's able to do to track the football down the field is maybe one of the, 10 best ever. He's so good at finding that ball downfield and putting himself in a position to catch that football. Okay. Now that being said, that's so nuanced, dude. That is totally. Yeah. Right. Right. And so like the public perception of, of Tyler Lockett, um, can that ever actually reach what he's actually able to do from like, you know, these like minutia details. I don't know if it can. Yeah. This is again, like, uh, I think, he is a do you know ball uh test like do you do you know football because like if you know football like you think i think you think the tire lock is a superstar because all of those things that you mentioned right the technique part of it um well and, and i'd argue that like the fact that he's a, an elite deep ball tracker the fact that he is um so explosive like you know even in t- and he's so good at tracking the football even in tight spaces oh yeah he makes these highlight real plays right like what do we talk about at the top like they think of the guys as superstars like downfield mm-hmm. weapons downfield threats these guys that make big plays um in big moments that is tyler lockett i mean he's a and i think that the one test that people would have had for him is and it, this was certainly the reason that i mean in like analyst drafts like if, if for fantasy you get freaking tyler lockett in the 11th round i mean i'm not kidding like you could get him you could get him in the double digit rounds because uh-huh. people are like well y'all yeah but what we talked about a few episodes ago like both things can be true or whatever the the russell wilson can he do all that deep ball stuff can he can he win on, on those moon balls and stuff like that when it's when it's not Russell Wilson? Yeah. Well, I mean, Lockett is 11th in the NFL in yards right now among wide receivers, and, and he's playing with Geno Smith. DK Metcalf is 16th. Like, these dudes have shown that they are great players in their own right, isolated from quarterback play. And and I do agree that, yeah, Lockett is probably more of like a, tech, a technician's uh, fetish than he is like maybe a uh, – a, the public would think he's a superstar, but man, I mean, I think he really does have it all. So he's, he's gotta be in kind of the next group to me. Are there any other wide receivers that are just outside knocking on that door? Yeah, I got two more guys and I'll stay on the theme uh, of like, do you know ball a technician's dream? I don't know why Terry McLaurin is not a, is not a superstar wide receiver. Okay. Um, I know the touch, the touchdowns haven't been there this year. Well, no kidding. He's playing for Washington. That's football. it. I was, you, you, you answered your own question. You got to catch I, touchdowns, man. Well, you got to play with better quarterbacks. Like you got to play with the real offense. You know what I mean? I, yep. you know, you know, I, I love my guy. Odu's finest Taylor Heineke, but he's still like a, 
guy that was a backup in the XFL two years ago, right. you know, a guy that Washington right. actively tried to replace. I mean, this is stuff we all know, but I was shocked that McLaurin among wide receivers is seventh in yards this year. Like he has been I know. incredibly productive um, and talk about highlight real plays. I mean, good God, Terry McLaurin has highlight real plays. He has game changing plays and a, a coverage dictator. Absolutely. Like a look. Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson, all these boys in, in the early part of the year, they're not catching passes. I mean, Carson Wentz is, is haywire brain and stuff like that. It's part of why they had to <laughs> you know, overuse Curtis Samuel on the layup routes. But yeah. they're not doing that stuff for no reason. They're doing that because McLaurin is like an unbelievable uh, talent that, that defenses account for and tried to take away, and he still is productive. So I don't know, man. We know that he separates at elite levels in reception perception. We know that he wins contested catches. It's just like – put this guy on any other team, put, put him in my, he'd explode. Like he would, I, he would go full like Steph Diggs or Justin Jefferson. Like there's nothing about his game that, that, you know, says he's not that guy to me. I don't know. I know this is like, this is my guy, but still. (laughs) But again, I just go back to the, the reason he does not have that, like that pedigree. It's, it is because of the touchdowns, dude. Like in 2020, he scored four in 2021, he scored five. This year, he's got three. I mean, if he gets to six, it'll be a miracle. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's like, dude, three years in a row, five or fewer touchdowns. Dude, again, you got to score them touchdowns if you want to be considered a superstar in the NFL, you know? So, I mean, that's 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 what it is. Like play, uh, how about he plays with an average NFL quarterback? Like I once, know. could you imagine? Could you imagine what Terry McLaurin would be doing with Jared Goff? You know, I, I know, mean, uh, no, I know. Listen, man, he'd, he'd at least get eight. He'd at least get eight. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel, I feel like that's like the the cutoff point. You know, it's like you got to score eight. You know, if you can score eight, you know, okay, we're talking. <laughs> you know, I, it's true. If you can score eight, I think we're talking. I, but and like obviously, once we get to double digits, all right, now we're really cooking, right? But like. I mean, the dude's been five or less uh, in three consecutive years here, you know? So it's a little bit, I don't know. Anyways, and and plus the the yardage totals too, right? Like 1,100 yards, his sophomore campaign, just barely over 1,000 yards last year. And um, he's at 945 this year. Um, You know, can he get to, is he going to get to 1,200? I I don't know. Maybe. Let's hope. Let's hope he gets to 1,200. But but again, it's not like he's putting up eye-popping stats. Um, and I think that part plays a big part into why the public perception is probably just not there. You know what I mean? And he, and he was started slow this year because he was playing with Carson Wentz. Like he was, he started slow again <laughs> right. this year. So yeah, 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 um, yeah. But you know, I, I'll just, I compare him to this guy a lot, like from a career arc standpoint, um, Stefan Diggs, his, his, uh, sophomore to final year in Minnesota, 903 yards, 849 yards, 1,021 1,130, uh, like if you go from his second year to his last year in Minnesota, like pretty similar stuff. Now he did yeah. have more t- Yeah, he, he got up to like eight, nine touchdowns, right? So, uh, but he's played with like Kirk Cousins. And again, you know, Kirk Cousins is like a bajillion times better uh, than these goofballs in Washington. <laughs> so, so it's 100%. like, yeah, even 100%. got, he got his like one year uh, when he had that 849, but he had eight touchdowns. That was with Case Keenum. And I mean, even Case Keenum like is, yeah, that's a lot better. <laughs> Case Keenum, I, was, I had some of his, um, Terry McLaurin had some of his best moments in his first year with Case Keenum. So a lot of connective tissue here between yeah. uh, between these guys. But um, yeah, sure. man, I, I know I, I'll go to bat for McLaurin um, because I have said he's like, yeah, if he went to any other situation, if he he got a Steph Diggs bump, like, did you see the clip on? Um, it was from the Bills put it out from the Thanksgiving game uh, right before uh, kickoff or whatever. You know, Steph Diggs said to Josh Allen, like, happy Thanksgiving, bro. I'm, I'm thankful for you. And you know, Josh said it back and then Diggs said it again. He's like, I'm thankful for you, man. More than, you know, and like his voice cracked. And I was like, wow. Oh yeah. God. You know, wow. bro, Godly. I feel the same. Me too. <laughs> I'm thankful that you rescued Steph Diggs. So yeah, man, I, um, I do think, I hope, I hope McLaurin gets his Josh Allen someday, but I don't know. We'll see. Nah, it's true. I mean, they, they've helped unlock each other, you know, Josh Allen and Diggs, which is great. Um, this, it reminds me of back in the day when, um, uh, when Megatron Calvin Johnson, you know, was able to play with, uh, with Matt Stafford and Stafford was you yeah. know, in his prime, you know, it's like the teams weren't that good, obviously, but like we were as football fans, pretty damn lucky to be able to see that connection, you know, because there have been a lot of times, man, where 
good quarterbacks don't have good wide receivers and great wide receivers don't have good quarterbacks. And like, yeah, they were losing games, but dude, week in a week out, you saw a, an awesome Stafford to Calvin Johnson play. You know what I mean? And just from like a football standpoint, that was, I, I thought we were pretty blessed to see that man. What year was, was Stafford? The first overall pick in 2008. It seems like a yeah, long ass no. time ago. <laughs> Just because, you, know? uh, you know, yeah, let me let me look at it real quick uh, because it's Megatron had a 1,312 season. Um, yeah. No, oh, no, that was uh, no, 2008 is the year they went 0-16. Uh, <laughs> you catch <laughs> passes from Dan Orlovsky, John Kitna, and Dante Culpepper that year. And yeah, that dude, yeah, Calvin yeah, Johnson yeah. had a uh, freaking 1,312. Um, yeah, no, crazy stuff. Uh, Megatron, man, what a, what a player. Um, all right, my last dude that I think deserves consideration here okay. um, is T. Higgins. Uh, and I know you're not like the biggest T Higgins fan in the world, but okay. Um, make this argument. I think that T Higgins, again, he's shown to be just as much of a producer as Jamar chase. Now chase absolutely has highlight, you know, potential in his corner, you know, like he, he has the big plays both after the catch and down the field. I mean, there right. is no question to me that Jamar chase belongs in the superstar club, but man, T Higgins just just so dang consistent. He's so good at the catch point. I think he's an underrated separator. You know, um, not like he's again. He's not like Jamar Chase. He's not some of these other guys. But you know, he's been an over seventy percent man player. He's been a really good press coverage beater. And um, you know, even just these last the last two games before Jamar Chase came back last week, like he had these big big games despite right. the fact like there was no Jamar Chase. And I actually think that Higgins. When they get the offense like flowing through him a little bit, it's a little bit more um, consistent and steady um, than it is yeah. sometimes when they when yeah, they overdo that. it. Yeah, you know when they overdo it with mm-hmm. Chase and I. And I think it's a credit to Joe Burrow that this year he's been a bit more of an evolved passer. Like he's been, um, he's getting the ball out really fast. Like since week ten, I believe he's a two point five time to throw. Like he's been getting it out fast. And I think a lot of that is because. T Higgins is really good and is a really fluid player for a guy, his size getting open on those sort of quick breaking routes. But then at the same time, if you want him to win big plays, like he's so good at the catch point, he can do that too. So to me, I think he is, I don't really think he's a number two receiver. I think he's a number one receiver. He just happens to play alongside with another number one. All right. There you go. Um, I like it. All right. So there you go. Um, that that's the list, man. And that's a hell of a great list. Um, man, we, <laughs> There's a lot of great wide receivers in the NFL, dude. No, go uh, ahead. Dude, uh, yeah, because, yeah, my, my, let me give my future dark horses. Uh, as okay. Well, just to, I need you to say, like, by the way, you know, we didn't talk about guys like Mike Evans or, um, you know, uh, stuff like that. Like, there's a bunch of dudes that that we didn't talk about. The wide receiver position is just so loaded right now. It um, is loaded. Future you dark bring up, horse. Well, first of all, Mike Evans, uh, I considered it, but I just feel like he's taken a step back this year. Um, having a weird I'll, year. Yeah. He's yeah. He's having a little bit of an odd year. Uh, and, and again, too, it's like a year ago. Oh yeah. 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 We're, 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 we're putting Total, him on yeah. that knocking on the door, but I think this year he took a little bit of a step down. And then again, um, just because of the age too, I, I wonder, I, I think that probably plays a, a little bit of a factor into it too. Yeah. I think so too. He was a tough one. Um, cause you definitely can't consider him like a nominee. Right. But he, he was a guy that no. at least was like, ah, I should, should just mention cause he's been so good, but okay. So future dark horses, number one, I don't want to talk about these guys. Cause I feel like we've talked about them on the show so much recently, but okay. all the top three rookies, um, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. And again, I would even argue Drake London there, there maybe, maybe we're having this conversation, especially about Wilson and Olave based on what they've shown. I think we might be having this conversation about them, you know, a year from now, um, Michael Pittman, I still think dark horse to potentially be included as a potential nominee at some point mm-hmm. this season has not gone the way we thought it would for Michael Pittman, but he's still top five <laughs> in the NFL and catches. I know. Um, he's, yeah, he's, yeah, I know. he's, they just, they just get nothing going downfield. It's always hilarious to me that whenever you watch the Colts in a primetime game now, which enough already with the Colts in primetime, but, um, every, bro- every broadcaster seems to be very confused why they can't get anything going down the field. It's like, have you seen Matt Ryan behind this offensive line behind, you know, and if there's anybody that can rush the passer, like they ain't getting anything going downfield. And that's been unfortunate for Michael Pittman, but I do think really talented players still, of course, got to mention Brandon Ayuk. I think Ayuk could definitely be um, the guy that, it, you know, is, is he knocks on this door. He's been so good this year. I mean, just fantastic. Um, but obviously doesn't have the full resume yet. And then the last two here, Devonte Smith. I think Devonte Smith has been awesome this year too. He Skinny Batman. Yeah, he gets a little overshadowed by um, A.J. Brown, but is 
a damn good receiver in his own right. And then Chris Godwin, who, you know, he's obviously had a tough time coming back from ACL uh, surgery this year. They get him so many little screen passes, but like, I think he could be in like, talk about a guy in his prime, Chris, Chris Godwin in his peak form. If you put him in Cooper Cup's role with the right oh, quarterback, good night. he could, he could lead the NFL in receiving yards. Absolutely. So I, I think he's a guy worth, He's a bit strange because he should, if he was healthy this year, I think he would firmly be in like this potential nominee group. But because he's come, he's had this year coming back from ACL, um, and obviously we don't know what's going to happen with Brady next year. Don't think he's coming back to Tampa, but no. yeah, I think Godwin obviously uh, is a guy who deserves that honor. Yeah, Godwin, Godwin, twenty six years old, so he's got a little bit of a ways to go uh, in his career. Mike Evans, twenty nine, which is why I bring up that age. Uh, there though, but, uh, but yeah, very interesting stuff, you know, and, and you bring up these guys and people are going to listen to the podcast and say, what? come on, dude, these guys are so far away from being a superstar. But to your point, that's how topsy turvy football is though. As you mentioned, Cooper cup two years ago, if you put him on this like dark horse list, everyone's like, well, that, that doesn't make any sense. He's so far away. And it's like, no, not really. <laughs> you, you know, it's like, it just takes like a couple of things to click in. Uh, before guys can really just, I mean, go crazy. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, that's how close sometimes it is uh, from guys yeah. who are good to be great and then great to be superstars. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's uh, a lot of it's situational, right? I mean, with just AJ Brown, you and I, we didn't have a, we didn't even spend a, talk, a second talking about him, but a lot of people said like he needs to be included in like the, the up and coming group. And it's like, no, dude, I would have said he was a superstar coming into this year based on like his reception perception data. But again, look at his box scores from the first couple of years. And I know he has had injuries, but mm-hmm. 1,051 yards as a rookie, 1,075 yeah, exactly. in his second year, 869, like five touchdowns last year in 13 games. Like I would say 11 in, in uh, 14 games in his second season. But then he goes to a situation in Philly and, you know, people are like, they're like, I thought AJ Brown was more of like an over the middle bully receiver. It's like, no, this guy has shown he could win outside the numbers routes and like, you know, go routes and stuff like that. Now he's got a quarterback that's willing to kind of let it rip and do that stuff, which, you know, shout out yeah. to Jalen Hurts for that. But a guy like Ayuk, I think, you know, people are, are asking a lot of like, who's the next guy that could get traded and, you know, maybe change teams in the rough. Like, I think Ayuk is a guy that could be that because, um, you know, he's, they have so many guys on extensions there and, and, you know, they're going to make tough financial decisions. And, you know, Ayuk might be a guy that they, you know, I don't know, just a guy to keep an eye on that if he ever changed teams, like he would, he would erupt. So, so, so much of it from the public perception part of it is, is situational based and, and, and stats and stuff like that, which is all dependent on outside variables, which is why you should subscribe to receptionperception.com. <laughs> Atta baby! Atta baby! There you go. Uh, and not only that, but uh, man, if you're listening to this program um, and, and you haven't heard from us before, um, look, look, man, this is the kind of stuff that we do, man. We're like, we, we, we blur the lines between real football, fantasy football, um, and so, yeah, if you guys would subscribe to the to the podcast, man, that'd be awesome. We would love that. Listen to us for a couple of weeks, man. If you don't like it, okay, then, hey, whatever. Unsubscribe if you want to. But I'm telling you, you're going to have a good time. You're going to learn some stuff about football, man. And this is what we do here on Reception Perception, the show. All right. For Matt Harmon, I am James Coe. Peace. <laughs>